And if you read the Word of God, this is why I say husbands and wives in here, you should be doing what? You should be reading the Word of God together. You should be studying and praying together as a family. And if you have children, gather them around the Word of God. How powerful that is when you're teaching truth. When you're disciplining your child, should you tell them why you're disciplining them? Or should you just spank them so they don't know? What you do when you raise your children in the ways of the Lord, should you not teach your children? Should you not do that? Or should you teach one another in, in your home? Is that going to be a safe thing to do? It's a good thing to do is to teach God's word in your family. Is that good? How many people came from a house that you were taught the word of God? At your supper table, around the house, good, right? How many people came from a home that did not? And you had to find it out later in life. How did that go? Would you rather heard it earlier or later? I would love to have it at the dinner table. That had been a good conversation. I didn't get it until later. So guess what? I had hit a brick wall before I found Jesus. And I don't want anybody else to go through that. So if you get it in your home now, thank your parents, thank your grandparents for that awesome tradition of doing that. And if you're going to discipline your child, make sure you teach them why you're disciplining them. Right? So they understand it's not because you're in charge as dad to mom. It's because Jesus is in charge over you. You do what he has you to do. If they understand that, it doesn't stop here. What I'm telling you isn't because I want you to. It's because God wants you to. And I'm responsible to give you what he wants. Not what I want. That's why we discipline our children. They have to understand that. Or they're going to be confused. And so we're going to go into that today. We're going to go into what it is in the marriage. But first, let's just hit those quick things from last week. I want to make sure we always keep this in because one leads to the next. Last week we talked about putting on love. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And then let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Those are some points from last week. So remember those points as we go into the study today. And we go into the study of marriage today, husbands and wives. There's two places of God's word. If you want some help in your marriage, two places. This is one place, Colossians 3. Another place is Ephesians 5. Those are two good places to know what to do with husband and wife relationships. Right? Problem is we can read it, but we need to apply it. You have to read and apply. Don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And so who's got a good marriage in here? Let me see the hands. You were a little hesitant. Karen had her hand up way high first. Carl, you're a little bit slow. It's okay. We're going to give you some slack today. I'm looking at you for, and then Paul and Nancy back there have been married how many years now? 53 years. I sure hope your hands went up quickly. Okay. We went to marriage retreat. <laughs> yes, and it does work. We all need help. Even if you got 53 years in, we all need a little uh, tuner, or tuner up, right? We need a tune up. Okay, husband and wife, listen up. This is something very important. Now, again, it, it's in context, it's Ephesians 5 too. So if you know Ephesians 5 and this go together, both of those are wonderful subjects for your marriage. Wives, be subject to your husbands as in fitting in the Lord. What does that mean, wives? Does it mean you need a dictator as a husband? Does that mean he needs to roll over you on all things? Roll? So this is a touchy subject with today's feminist movement that started back in the 60s, right? we got to make sure there's something established here. What does God's word say? Ladies, if you want to be married to a man that's a dictator, honey, go get that for me. 
I worked all day long. Don't you understand? I'm sitting down. This is where I go. This is my couch. You go get me some stuff. I want some supper. I want, to, I want you to bring me water. If you don't think that's true, look in the Bible right here. Let me tell you. I rule over you. Right, ladies and that that's like a wonderful husband. You just want to meet him today. If you don't, and those who are not married yet, don't you want to meet a guy like that? Isn't that wonderful? Mom and dad, let me introduce to this guy. He, he rules over me. He rules over me. I know it's the right guy. So what's the Bible say about this? It says, it says, wives, be subject to your husbands as fitting in the, what does that mean? Explain that to me. I'm a man, so ladies, explain to me. What does that mean to you? Is there a positional thing in the home? What does it mean to be in the position, right position? If you're in right positions as God's allowed it, what's going to go on in your marriage? It's going to go pretty good, isn't it? If God's ordained it, has set this in, in motion, then it should be good. If we do what he asks, if I, ladies, if you do this, what he asks, is something be better in your marriage? Is something that's going to be fulfilled in your marriage? Absolutely. It, it won't stop here. Believe me, the next line's good too. So ladies, what it means is your husbands, as in the Lord, which means as you, as you submit. Anybody here want to submit to Christ? Let me see the hands of those ladies who want to submit to Christ. Let me see ladies' hands. What happens when you submit to Jesus? Does things go pretty well? So you learn submission as that submission. Okay, it's not submission to a jerk, right? Submission to a, well, we're going to catch next in a loving man. But as you submit to a loving man who is under God's rule, you're going to find something very special. How would a man treat you if he's under God? How's a man treat you if he knows Jesus and he does what he's supposed to do in the home? Ladies, you'll be amazed at a good man that'll be. Would it not be easy to find yourself under that leadership if a man is sold out for Jesus and doing the things he's supposed to do and he won't do anything that he doesn't do? Like Jesus says, you must what? You must love your wives as I love the church and gave my life for it. Would it be nice to find a man who's willing to give his life to you at any cost? Would that feel good? Wouldn't that be good? Can you subject yourself under that kind of leadership? If a man has got his head on right and following Christ, he doesn't do anything outside for himself, but he does it for Jesus. As he's submitting to him, he will give his life for you. Wouldn't that be the nice man to, to follow? You see, there's a submission that's done. When you see Jesus in him, it's hard to, see. It's hard to submit to a man who's got, you know, something else in mind. Stubbornness. Selfishness. Well, he thinks he's always right. <laughs> It does work if he's in the right place in the right time with Jesus. He's submitting daily. He's praying over you. He loves you. You are absolutely sure that his love is content. You bring contentment in the home. I mean, just it's the way it's supposed to work, right, ladies? It's the way it's supposed to work. And you found a man like that. Who found a man like that? Oh, some of you are like, well, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I think he's getting there. He's getting there. <laughs> Nancy, you had your hand up pretty quickly there. After 53 years, he told you. To, <laughs> I'm submitting. He's, he's got. <laughs> it works. Be subject to your husbands as fitting, as in fitting in the Lord. Man, a man, I tell you what, my, my best friends know Jesus. 
And I'm amazed at the wisdom that comes from a man that knows God. I'm amazed at a man who knows what to do in times of toughness. I mean, it is, it is incredible to see. Because it doesn't come from him. You ever seen that before? Where you know it comes from God, the, the advice, the, the wisdom comes from God. Because it doesn't really make sense, but it you have this peace. Do you know what I mean? A peace that rules. Man, it, it is good to have a man who knows Jesus. And that's how you can submit under that. Submission comes because you want it. The love is amazing. It's just the way it's supposed to be. And then it goes on and says, husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. What does that mean? Guys, come on. What does that mean? Is it easy for you to love your wives? I'll love her if she respects me. I'll love her if she does. She, I don't think she loves me anymore. I don't have, you know, there's all kinds of excuses you can give. But really what it comes down to, it says love your wives and do not be embittered or embittered, embittered, I should say, against them. And if you look at that, if you look it up, what, what does that mean? Is any, any, any ladies in here ever been in, irritated by your husband before? Like he just irritates me. He's just, I don't want him in the room. He's irritating me. And so is he doing something that's just getting under your skin? See, like in this mode, like he knows that bothers me. Why is he doing it? And he would purposely do something to make me mad. <laughs> My wife's not here today. <laughs> she sits right here. And, and she normally keeps me pretty straight and narrow. So I'm allowed to do whatever I want today, right? Because she's not here. I can talk about her. And she'll find out. Who would tell on me? Come on now. Who would tell on me? Look at all of you. This is going to be so much fun. Embittered. What does embittered mean? Anybody know what that means? Who can, who can tell me in the Greek? What does that mean? Someone looking it up right now. Embittered. Harsh. With some other, give me some other ones in there. I don't have it up on my screen, so... Some, someone just Google it real quick. Now Google it or pull it up on your Bible app. Tell me what embittered means. Harsh. Harshness can become irritant. I had an irritant in my bow area. <laughs> I had an irritant. I was hoping, I was hoping with all the irritation, there out comes a diamond. Yeah, I kind of know what a little clam feels like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Has some sand in there, becomes an irritant. Get ready, here comes a diamond. What else does it say? Someone give me what it is. It says harsh, to treat harshly. What else? What else? Resentful. <laughs> does that mean after you do something, you resent you did it? <laughs> Resentful. And what other? What other in Greek? Anybody looked it up? What else does it say in the Greek? Embittered. You guys are real slow. Robert, what are you doing? Playing over there? Playing games? 
Okay. I have some questions. Harsh, angry, to make angry. Does your husband make, I should ask this question. How many people, your husband's made you angry at times? Okay. Exasperate. So obviously there's a big word here. So there's a way to treat your wives that is godly. And when you do that, chances are she won't be embittered. She won't be, it won't be a harsh treatment. It would be a good treatment. If we do it in the right way, do you think that through that things can be resolved? Is there a better way to resolve your issues? Is there a better way than trying to roll over? Guys, you're going to use that as a rollover because you're a little stronger. Tell me one thing. Guys, you know how to fight, right? Someone pushes you, push back. This is what it's saying. You've got to make sure in your house you do not push back. You've got to learn how to love in those consequences, right? No matter how you understand. When you're to love, what he has set up here. Wives, be subject to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husband, loves your wives and do not be, do not let, do not be embittered against them. Do not use harshness against them. Do not, do not make them feel like they're inadequate or they're not good. Don't make them feel like you've, you've won the conversation. You've won this argument because you speak louder or you get angry like this and that makes her curl back and you, you see what I'm saying? You cannot act that way and call yourself a believer. Settle yourselves. So let Jesus take over. Let him control your issues and emotions. Let you become a lover. Put on what? What are we supposed to put on? What's it say in the last, last week? Put on love. And all of a sudden there's kindness. There's, there's patience. There's all these things that come from that, right? We know. Let this thing, let, let the peace of God roll in your hearts. Put on. Right, in that, right at that moment, just put on love. Put, just put on Jesus right then. We have to learn how to do that, don't we? That is not the easy thing to do. What does the Bible say about love? This is, if you look it up, it's not just a number of love between a husband and wife. It's called agape love. It's a different kind of love. It's God's love. Can you love your wife without God? Not the scripture. The last scripture says it comes up. Love your wives. It's agape love. That means it's God's love. You cannot do it. Guys, as best you can, you're always going to fall short. But if you love them as God has, God is love, you're going to have success in that. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. What is this about? We do this in marriages all the time. Marriage, they want this scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. What can you do right off the bat if you anger, if you speak angrily against your wife? Or what is that going to do? Is that not going to dishonor her? It is not self-seeking. What are you looking for in that argument? What are we looking for? Is it not easily angered? It keeps no record of wrongs. Let me ask you right now, husband and wives, are you forgiven? Everything forgiven at this moment? Everything truly forgiven, not forgot about. You don't bury things and think they're forgiven. Forgive. Learn how to do that in love. Man, we, we, we did need a marriage retreat, didn't we? How many people enjoyed that? Wasn't that an awesome time together? It was really good. Pastor Dan and Krista are great examples of what this means. And I'm so glad they came and were able to spend some time with us. But boy, we do need some help in marriages, don't we? No matter how many years you got in, we still need to help. I'm going to go into children. How many people know there's an importance to this in children? 
Be people have children. What's it say? Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this was well-pleasing to the Lord. Is it important that your children obey? What's the difference between rebellion and immaturity? How do you discipline your children in those two regards? So you got to know what to do and when to do it. And so what we need to do, what do we need to do? Put on love. Why is that important? When you go to your kids, anybody ever come, get angry with their children before? Come on now. They know how to push the buttons sometimes. And so we're like, okay, how do I handle this? If I go to my anger, if I go with anger, what's going to happen? So I need to be able to what? Put on love. When I go to my kids and I know there needs to be discipline, how many people know that kids do things wrong? How many people know that it takes some time even when they're immature? How many people, I want this for them right here. Well, that's great that you've got a goal in mind for your kids. But if you don't take them along the way and let them do the immature things, boy, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? So we got to know the difference. What is rebellion? It's got to be addressed. How do we address those things? How many people did pretty good with their kids? That was a very good hand over there on the other side. How many people think they did pretty good with their kids? Let me ask you something. When you disciplined them, did you tell them why? Did you show them in the Word of God why? You, don't, you, do, you can't reason. It depends on the age, of course. But when you get into reasoning, when you get into to teaching them what is right and wrong, you've got to teach them why it is wrong and teach them what is right and what they need to do. But base it on God's word. Start to pour that into their life. That's important. If they don't hear that, we have an illiterate day today. Everyone doesn't understand God's word. It's why we do things. It's why you want to train them. Not See, sometimes, guys, guys, come on, be honest. You know, your kids will do something and then embarrass you. So it wasn't really about Jesus. It's about your embarrassment. So we got to know how to react, right, as guides to lead our home, right? Our children are important to us. Aren't they, aren't they the inheritance of God? Isn't that what the Word says? So we got to make sure that we're doing the right things here. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And then it says this, fathers, do not aspirate your children so that they will, so they will not lose heart. Does that mean your children can lose heart? And whose responsibility is it? What's it say? Dads. That doesn't exclude the moms, right? Some places there's just moms in the homes. It's sad to know that. But here it is. Fathers, do not aspirate your children so that they will not lose heart. So right now, does anybody have a child that is wayward? And so we must know that somehow in the journey of this, it might be the reason. We don't, we don't know. We don't, we're, none of us here to take a blame for a child that's gone wayward. But a lot of times, if we weren't always on top of things in our home, we never gave them the home to grow in and love and feel loved, there's, just, there's a breakdown there. Because they say the advice a child gets today is not from their past or parents. Where's it from? Media and friends. Ah. Uh, oh. And so if we're not there to be encouraging, a lot of times our children could go wayward based on the influences they have in their life. So we want to make sure that we're teaching them. They need to know that the house is, there's a house of love. How many, let's pray for those right now that have wayward children. Because I, I just believe that they're, that was stolen from you. 
The enemy steals, kills, and destroys. And so what I know right now, I'm going to pray for the return of children right now. Parents here today, and you say, I have a child that is not, is not close to me. I have a child that doesn't know the Lord or, or is angry at me. I want to right now, I want to pray against the enemy's work. And I want to pray for houses to be restored in Jesus' name. And I want to make sure that I, who's victorious in here? Who won the battle? So, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And, Lord, as we're learning about moms and dads and husbands and wives, well, I just felt my spirit right now to pray. Pray for those children. <laughs> I cannot imagine the feeling of folks in this room today that a child has been lost. The pain that would bring. I cannot even imagine. So, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus what the enemy has done for evil God, you work for the good. Father, you turn that into the good. I don't know how that goes, but I pray right now the return of these children in Jesus' name. And Lord, we know that you call all men to yourself, that God, you're in control of gathering folks back into your grace, into, into your name, Father. So I just pray right now that there's families here. Lord, I pray that the peace of God will come in. Lord, we don't understand. Sometimes we're desperate to receive them back. But God, I know that you love them more than we could ever love. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you return the children back to their homes in Jesus' name. That, Lord, they would come back and there would be a love relationship built in that home. And that peace of God would cover, Lord, would guard. So, Lord, I pray for that. And I believe it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. So, fathers, make sure that we do things right. Dads, it's important for us to love our kids and do it well. And let's go in, and, and this, is, this, is, this is in the home, too. Back then, they had what they call slave and masters, and that was an arrangement in the home, an, an employment thing. And so we're going to call it employment today because we don't have slaves like that at all. And it's not in the context that we know slavery in, a, in America. So it's difficult to say these things without a little of that context coming into play. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So what should you do for, even if employment, what should you do on those authority above you? How's that look? And if you're in charge as a master over, what's that look like in your business or place of business? Fearing the Lord. How many people are, men, do you fear God? And as we fear God, we treat each other with honor and respect, no matter what position you're in. No matter where you're held and higher or lower, you honor those in those positions. You understand? God will move you on if he wants to move you on. If he has you to stay, you learn how to honor, no matter where you are. And it's going to be difficult. Believe me, if you do it, God will honor you in that. And he'll show you his way. Some of you need different jobs, I know. Some of you are very frustrated where you are. God has a plan in all this, but I'm telling you, if he has not moved you, settle in and be Jesus. Honor those. Lift them up. Obey them. That's if Jesus was right there with you. It'll say this. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, right? Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So when you're at work or you're doing something for someone else, who are you really doing it for? 
This is, a, this is something that I know it's hard to do sometimes. How many people have a job you wish you didn't have right now? You wish that God would make a change. Or you're in a place that you have a master over. And I know it may be difficult. But I'm telling you what, if you learn how to honor in those places, that's if you were doing it for Jesus himself, you're going to see something happen. For Look, if your workplace is a mission field, there's a reason why you're there. Okay, it's not because you went to college. God's placed you there for a reason. And if he's ready to move you, he will. Be praying. I mean, people right now want a different job. Let me see the hands of those. Says, hey, I'll take a different job right now. I'd really like to have one. If you, and that's just honest, right? Your job may not be the best job for you. You, might not be, you may not be highlighted in that work. But I tell you one thing. Learn how to honor people in that job. I'm telling you right now. Honor people and see what happens. Obey what you need to do. And do it as if you're doing it for Jesus himself. And you'll see something happen. Or it wouldn't be a promise in this. You know what I'm saying? God's word has a promise to it. If he's telling you to do something, there's something behind it. He just doesn't tell you to do something so just to see if you just do it. There's always a promise to the Father because his love's much better than ours. His ways are much higher than our ways. So please, just find yourself. If you need a job, go before him. Those, it says in his word, if you've not received because you have not asked. Sometimes you just bring it before Jesus and ask him. Lord, is there a different job for me? I'm just really frustrated. I'm in I'm a dead end here. Is there something more? And then get ready. But if he has not moved you, be Jesus right then. Be a, take it as a mission field. And it, it, just lift him up. Lift Jesus up and see what will happen in that work environment. You'll be amazed at what God can do. Can he do it? Oh, absolutely. And then last it says, For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong for which he has done. And that without penalty, and that without partiality, right? So what's that mean? Why does he say it right now? Why here? Right now? What did we just talk about? Honoring in the home? Husbands, wives, children? Back then it was people that worked for another person in the home. Okay? What's that mean? Home. We're talking home. Context. Why does it say, for he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong? What's it for right now? Without partiality. I like when he says, anyone who lacks wisdom, let them ask. And he that finds no favoritism without partiality will grant unto him. I like that part. We ask, he grants wisdom without partiality. Isn't that great? How about a wrong? When you've done something wrong, he doesn't say, okay, because you've done all this right for me, now you don't deserve this. You see, wrong is wrong. And why does he say it about a family? Because right now, look at your family right now. Look at the families of this United States and over the world. Do we have problems in families today? Why are they so broken? Why are husbands and wives breaking up? Why are children wayward? Why there's more divorce rate today? Why is there more suicide rate today? You tell me what's happening. Something's going on in the world right now. There's a separation of family. There's, there's a war against family. And, man, it is, we need to take this very seriously. Family has been what has been orchestrated and ordained by God from the beginning, Adam and Eve, right? And from then, he's protect what? What comes first? Family comes first. And so what happens? That's the attack of the enemy. So what's he trying to do to your family? And so we must be very careful. What he places here is this. He's a warning. Come on now. Family is mine, not yours. Do not separate. Do, do not force your child to leave. Do not make your wife angry. 
Love her. Keep it together. Why? Family's important to me. That's what God says. Family's so important to me that I'm, I'm going to put this. He who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong. Who wants to do wrong in your family? Now, I'm telling you, I don't know if anybody here wants to separate their family. But those little things that you're doing that you think you deserve to do, you need to shut them down. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't think that you deserve to do things. You don't deserve anything. That's how important family is. That's how he says, man, before you get an argument, don't you forget, when you do wrong, when you do wrong, doesn't that do something to you? How important is family to God? How important for you to do what is right in his eyes? To preserve family, the unity of the family of God and the unity of your family at home. That's so important, and he takes it very strongly. And he puts something in here like this. God is, and believe me, sometimes we can say, well, is God punishing me? You shouldn't say that. First thing you should do is something going on in your life right now, you hit a rock like this, you need to ask the question, Lord, you need to make, search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Is there anything in me? Is there something I'm doing to my wife? Is there something I'm doing with my children that isn't right? Search me, oh God. Is there somebody that I'm mistreating in my job? Is there someone that I have, I have authority over and I'm treating them? Tell me, oh God, that I will not do this. You see, we need to be more active than that. When you have a consequence come your way or something, you're hitting hard rock right now. And you think, God, I don't know why this is happening. Get on your knees and go before him and say, Lord, what am I doing? That you're getting my attention. Am I mistreating my wife? Am I mistreating my children? Because God finds that to be very important. Anyone who forsakes a little one to come unto me. Take it to heart. Take it to heart. You guys challenged by that word right there? You see where he places it and why he places it there? Those who are just married... Young couple right here. Married how long now? Five months. It's very important, Darren, isn't it? Because if you do things right, leading this home, everything will go well. And you don't have to go before the Lord with these things that will come. You'll do things right. It's important. Who's thinking about getting married here soon? I got a couple hands up there. New exciting things coming your way. Don't start it without getting this straight. Make sure that we have these things straight because that will go so much better. Here's the last one. I go into chapter 4, verse 1 because it goes together. Masters, grant your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. Did he put that good? Whoa, he comes back to the master-slave thing. So right in between that, he gives this order about if you do wrong, don't think you're getting out of it. I will not treat you any different than I treat anybody else. If you've done something wrong... Is coming your way. I'm going to straighten you out because I love you. It's all in love, right? It's all in love that he does this. It's a warning of love. And he says, Master, grant your slave justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. So what does that say? Who's our master in heaven? Did he just not warn us in the last scripture? We should honor people, should we not? Treat them with love and respect. And then God takes over. He does a wonderful job. 
in our families. I want to pray for all you today. And uh, I appreciate so much your prayers for me. And I'm going to pray for you all. And I want to see the hands of those in here that, says, that can honestly say this. I want my marriage to be better in Jesus' name. Okay, that's sincere. Nobody wants a marriage to get worse. <laughs> I want mine to get more challenging because in challenge I grow, right? Anybody here says, I want my wife to pick out every weakness of me so I can see it in Jesus' name, right? We don't like that, do we? Our wives can find those areas. Any, any, does your, has your wife ever found a weakness in you guys? If not, get ready. She will because that's why she's there. She's there to pull out. Because what? The Bible says she becomes a helpmate to you. What? To help to find the problems in you, right? <laughs> because we got a lot of them. But I'm going to pray for all of you. I want a better marriage too. And I can do better. And that scripture, honestly, that last scripture that we had kind of hit me right here. How about you? God makes family. And he wants to preserve family. So let's pray. Those right now in here that want their marriage to be better. How's that sound? Nobody this here wants a marriage to be better in Jesus' name. So let's pray for that. Really. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. And Lord, this is really scriptures about marriage, scriptures about children, scriptures about that, that employment or master-slave relationship they had back then, Father. And I know that relates to us now and how we serve one another. And Father, you're our master. And if you are our master, then we can do things right. Lord, I'm thankful that we can go to the foot of the cross when we don't understand we can become better men and women. We can help our children to honor and obey us, Father. We can help them do that if we do things right. So, Lord, I thank you that there's husbands and wives in this room right now that want better marriages. We all do. But, Lord, we've got to take the steps to do it. We can't be hearer of the word today and not a doer. So, Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will start to do that action in us. Lord, that you will show us what we need to be doing as husbands and wives and Lord, do it right. And Lord, you put that scripture in there to let us know, Father, that when we do something wrong, that you are, you are a God of justice and fairness, that you love those that we may be taking those things upon, maybe holding something against, or maybe we have unforgiveness in our heart towards them. Father, you look at us and say, you need to get that right now. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we take that very seriously and Lord, we will take the steps of doing the marriage thing right, doing the parenting thing right, and doing those positions that you give us employment, doing them right in your precious name. God, that you will be lifted up. You'll be lifted up like a banner that all will see how good Jesus is by our actions. So Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us. Good God, and you're full of love. In Jesus' name.